Hey, hey, it's another beautiful day and I'm excited today. We're going to be talking all about how we separate our work from our ministry, from our hobby, from our talent, from our gift. Like how do we have to have something assigned to each of those and are they combined? How do we pull them together and use our passion as our ministry? Do we have to do extra work in the church than our job? Like what does God require? What does he require? Because when we get down to it, that's what we need to know. Um, you know, are there some tasks that we have to commit to as Christians? And um, I mean, obviously in the church, the pastor can't go work in the nursery. And so you've got this whole, you know, complex issue of what do we do with our time? I'm always harping on you to reduce, reduce, reduce what you're doing and how you're using your time. And so it's hard. It's hard to know where, where to put it all, what to do. And we have a lot of time when we actually block out our schedule and, and look at our lives. There is time, but where does it need to go and what's going to give us the feeling of purpose and contentment? Um, and is that possible? Can we have a balanced schedule where we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, but also volunteering where we're supposed to volunteer and working and making the money and, and serving our family, all the things. So let's talk about that today. I want to welcome you to Stop Pretending. This is a podcast show. We're in our third season. My name's Riley. And if I say it, it's because I needed to hear it. Listen, honest. This is just a download of what God is saying to me. And I want you to know how his voice is real, how it's present in your life. I want to explore what God's voice sounds like to you. And there is not a truer statement than I need you and you need me. We are the body of Christ together. And the facts are that we bring heaven to earth. We bring heaven to earth. God is present in our lives. And so the way we see ourselves needs to be a reflection of the way God sees us, right? And so the beauty and the life that's in our lives and how we live on mission is so, so important. And so I really encourage you to dig into what's true today and to really concentrate on finding God's voice in your life and living out an authentic life on mission. All right, so I was talking to a friend the other day, and we were just talking about how when you work in a church, you feel better, like like you've done your duty, like you've you almost feel a little bit elevated or something. Like ministry is your ministry and your work is the same. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Not that you're elevated above other people, but that you are you're doing a good a good work. Does that make sense without, I'm not being judgmental at all. I've, I'm there, I'm in that, and I get it. It's easier to be serving the church when you work there. That's all I'm saying. Because you don't have to do anything extra in order to volunteer at the church. So you're not working a full-time job and then going to the church. Although I know working in a church is more than full-time. And so I'm not, um, I'm not belittling that or taking away from that because... Working in a church is a seven-day, 24-7 hour job. And so it's a big, big job. But 
you know, when you join a church, the first thing they do is ask where you want to volunteer. Well, why, why do they do that? One, it's because they don't have enough people. Nursery is the number one, like, please come help our kids. Uh, but they also know, I don't think it's only, you know, motive. The only motive is not to get you working. The other motive is that they know that when you plug in, it will help you feel included. It'll help you fall in love with the church and love the people and be a part of the family. And it's oftentimes in those volunteer places that you connect and create relationships that are are meaningful. But how do you know which area is yours? And how do you know when you're overdoing it or only doing it to check a box or because you're supposed to do it and, and should you, should you volunteer just because you're supposed to, or does it need to come from a place of, of passion? You know, we'd love for our whole lives to, to be stemmed in, in purpose and passion. And maybe that's not the full picture. And there are probably times when we just have to suck it up and do what's needed. I'm not disregarding that at all. Um, but today, I do want to talk about finding the, finding the area that's yours and being willing, being brave enough to stick with it and do that thing and not feel like you have to do all the things. I, I do understand, though, I, I'm just not trying to stay on it too long, but I do want to acknowledge, like, my husband and I and my family, my parents, we've been in small churches where there aren't enough people and you do end up doing all the jobs. I'm not kidding. One Sunday, my, my parents were out of town. My dad's a pastor and I ended up being in charge of the music, the teaching and the kids. (laughs) So sometimes a small church does require more from you and you can get tired or burnt out in that setting pretty easily. But anyway, I just wanted to say that to acknowledge that I get circumstances require certain things and there might be a time where that's okay, but I can bet you it's not going to be okay long-term. And so that church either, you know, the church has to protect its people. And, um, so anyway, okay, moving on. I remember a conversation with my husband years ago and He was feeling exhausted, and I had expectations for him to be involved in the church serving, and frankly, I was questioning his lack of use of those skills. I wanted him to use his skills that I know he has to fill a need in the church, but he set boundaries for himself and told me that his work as a teacher requires everything of him. And it is his ministry. And so I had to really battle with that. Like, is that enough? Well, why wouldn't it be enough? Um, And so I had to ask a lot of questions in that and had to really dig deep in that. And, And that's a whole partner issue, like learning to accept your partner, not putting demands on them, not being in their Holy Spirit, um, all of that, and trusting him. I had to trust him that that. God had placed him in his job for a reason, and he's extremely good at it. He's using all of his his gifts there. He's doing it really, really well. And if he divided his time and put his energy in an area that isn't his to do, even if he could do a good job at it, he would not be able to give all that's needed 
and do a good job, not do it well. It would lead to stress and exhaustion, and it would take him away from leading our family and being present for our kids. And so I realized that I was asking something that was not of God. It was me trying to perform and people please and and that kind of thing. So the church does have needs. We know that, and we can serve as we need to, but but the motivation is the is the question, right? Like are you are you serving to the point of preventing you from doing what you're meant to do? And I talked about that last season when I was was the kids pastor at our church. And yes, I could do it. I could do a good job at it. But it was distracting me from this what I'm doing here on the podcast and writing and sharing and and learning to be vulnerable and learning to teach. And so I eventually had to give it up and that cost a lot. It cost, it cost a lot. And I don't have to go into that now, but giving that up was an act of obedience that I didn't want to do, um, but I needed to do. And so does serving prevent you from doing what you're meant to do? Does it take away from your priority or your goal or what God has for you? Right? So that's, that's not pleasing God, and I can just go ahead and check that one off the list. That's not what God requires of you, okay? It's not what God requires of you. But, but we do question, like, am I doing enough? Am I doing too much? Am I doing too little, you know? And so I, I don't have all the answers to this. There, it's definitely a topic of prayer and discernment and understanding when to say no and when to say yes. And, and sometimes we do have to push ourselves and it's going to make us tired and it might cost something, but maybe it's worth it. Maybe, maybe that's what you need in that moment. And so this isn't a black and white thing and it, it is hard. It's a hard topic, but I'm talking about perspective on doing the thing that you do and loving it and realizing that it's enough. That's what the point I'm trying to make that we don't have to wear our busyness as a badge. And sometimes I'm guilty of that feeling like I deserve extra attention because I'm more tired or more stressed or more busy. I might feel like I deserve some pity or accolades because I work harder than other people. And that's a poor mindset. And I'm just confessing it and then laying it out on the table here. But if being our authentic self is your best, yes, if being authentic is my best yes, it is my worship to God, then how do I do that? Because I want to do it, and I want to do it right, and I want to do it well. And so I want to question, Am I? are my actions an act of duty, or are they authentic worship? Is it my life poured out as an offering to God? Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to start with a little exercise, okay? A little get to know yourself. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're going to like reintroduce ourselves today to ourselves. <laughs> All right. So what I'm going to ask you to do is like, you can either say this out loud or if you're like really on it today, you can write yourself in it. You know what? Like, no, I'm just going to say it right now. I want you to write yourself a note today write yourself in it with pen and paper. Like that's so healthy. So I'm just saying that a good pen, it gives you life like vitamin D. Like it's so, so good. All right. So you're going to say, 
dear, this is where you insert your name, dear Riley, come girl, I love you so much. Like you are going to pep talk yourself so good right here. Like you are so pretty and strong and smart and brave. And I love the way you show up. Like (laughs) you need to just write it out right here. Talk yourself up. Don't you wish you could have known 20 years ago how much you could go through, how much you could face and still be killing it at life, right? I don't always feel like I'm killing it at life, but I'm going to look around right now and see it, all right? So, okay, this is not in the letter. This is me giving you a little more information. This is where you're going to have to list out a few of your own words, all right? So I know you don't always feel like you're killing it, but look around. Give yourself some major creds, all right? This is where you get some points. And if you need help, your homework has changed from writing the letter, not only writing the letter, but to calling a friend, all right? Point blank, ask for some accolades. Like, I am not kidding. I want you to call a friend Ask for what you need. If you cannot think of ways to give yourself credit and ways that you're killing it at life, then you need to get on the phone or meet someone for Dr. Pepper and ask them for some compliments. (laughs) And that's what friends are for. We need each other. We're here to do life together. And so if you can't think of them, then you need to ask. Okay. So you've listed out some hard things that you haven't collapsed under, right? Are they hard? Harder than you ever thought possible. Marriage is harder than you ever thought possible. Is it fun to take care of really hard things, sick kids, complaining kids, some things that we can't even imagine? No, they're not fun. Not really, right? Do you feel like a crazy person most of the time? Mm-hmm. Like there are so many things I cannot even say out loud that are happening in my head, but we're doing it. We're doing it. And so success is not just being perfect, right? You're giving it your all. You're, you can be proud of that. It doesn't have to be a perfect success, nor does it have to be over for you to get creds. All right. Listen, this letter today has a narrator and that narrator is me. So you're welcome. Back to the letter. All right, so you've written down that you're killing it. You wish you could have known 20 years ago what you could go through and still be still be showing up. So you wrote all that down. Now we're back to the letter. So today I want to meet you again, right? I want to really, really know you. Write that down. Today I want to meet you again. I want to really, really know you, understand you, understand you, forgive you, Mm. love you. I want to dream again and be filled with hope for your future. I want to dream again and be filled with hope for your future. Okay. Are you agreeing with me so far? All right. Now we're going to write a few lines of I commits. Okay. You could do one line in each color of your pretty pens. I commit to exploring and digging for what is true. I commit to exploring and digging for what is true. I commit to facing my story and giving it compassion. I commit to facing my story and giving it compassion. 
and asking Jesus to meet me in any space that needs healing. So I commit to facing my story and giving it compassion and asking Jesus to meet me in any space that needs healing. I commit to dreaming about the future. I commit to dreaming about the future. I think I'd probably write that one in a lavender. Don't you think that one would be so pretty in lavender? I commit to dreaming about the future. Okay, last one. This one's kind of long. (laughs) I commit to never stop learning about who I am and what I need and what I want. I commit to never stop learning about who I am and what I need and what I want. I will think about how I want to feel in life and commit to doing whatever it takes to live a life that worships God, the one who has pursued me, rescued me, and covered me with his love. I'll see it again. I commit to never stop learning about who I am and what I need and what I want. I will think about how I want to feel in life, and I commit to doing whatever it takes, doing whatever it takes to live a life that worships God, the one who has pursued me, rescued me, and covered me with his love. I will use my life to give life to others. Love me. Love Riley. Love whatever your name is. Y'all, self-awareness is the bomb. It's everything, y'all. It's everything. So that's what we're talking about today. How to know our authentic self so that everything flows from there, right? How do we know ourselves so that we know that we're doing the thing that we're meant to do and not doing something that someone else needs to be doing? Don't take up her space. There's space for everybody. Okay, so how to know yourself. Let's find it out. Okay, listen, you can probably guess my number one because it's going to be my number one every single time I talk. No matter what list I'm making, this is going to be my number one. It's making space. I harp on it the hardest. It's going to be first, and I'm not sorry about it, okay? We have to make space in our lives. Close the door. Who has access to your mind? Who has access to your mind? What are you opening your mind to? Your mind is your most sacred gift. It is literally the door to all things. So how you spend your time starts in your mind. How you feel starts in your mind. What are you feeding your mind, right? Is it wide open or is it guarded? Is it wide open or is it guarded? Okay, so basically when I say make space, what I'm asking you to do is take time for yourself. Really simple, except not simple at all, because we want to fill up every space with every single duty that we're required to do, unless we feel like we're not doing enough or not getting things done or we lay down and the kitchen's still dirty or whatever. But it's essential to know yourself. You have to spend time with yourself. And so you, just like you wrote a letter to yourself as if you're your own friend, you're your own BFF, she'll never leave you, um, you're also going to spend time with that BFF. You're going to leave space. You're going to hold space for her to have her own thoughts, have her own feelings, have her own dreams. You make space for those things to happen. Well, when that happens, that it can also be time with abiding in God, okay? And 
So I'm not actually separating those two things out today, although I do think that they are separate. But taking an hour for yourself every day is crucial to learning your own voice, um, but also abiding in God. And so in John 15, 4 through 5, it talks about remaining in life union with God. Remain, he remains in life union with you. And it says, For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine, and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Right? And so it's just talking about being with the Father and letting Him fill you with identity, letting Him fill you with truth, letting Him guide you, comfort you. And so taking time each day is going to be the greatest source of this. All right? Pretty simple, number one. All right, number two, take the test. Y'all, we're representing all the Enneagram threes up in here. I love my threes. I'm a three, except when it do these quizzes and they tell me that I'm like Ursula and then maybe I don't love it so much. But for real, the Enneagram changed me, like for real, changed my marriage, changed my perception of life. It changed the way I see others. It changed me deep for the better. So number two is be willing to dive deep into who you are. Take all the quizzes, take the test, <laughs> like learn yourself, dive deep into your core motivations, your core fears, and let that be a source that moves you and grows you. Like, I'm serious. Give me all the quizzes. I want to know my number, my letter, my color, my couch style, my Disney princess, my Harry Potter wand type, what house I'm in. Like you, I want to know, give me a quiz. I'm going to take it every time. You better believe it, okay? Like, I want to know I'm cute like an otter, but I'm mean like Slither. No, I don't. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I would never tell you if I were in Slytherin. I would keep that to myself. But I'm definitely divergent, right? Like, I hope. <laughs> it's probably not even true. That quiz is probably rigged to make us all. Did you get divergent too? We probably all got divergent. But I can pretend. I can pretend I'm divergent. For my 30th birthday, I got a bow, and it's true. I never did run through the woods with it, though. Hmm. I might need to make that happen, just run through the woods carrying my bow with my arrows. That'd be fun. And then also, like, another quiz. Well, it's not really. It's more serious than a quiz, but you can take a test to find out your spiritual gifts, right? And just full disclosure, I'm not an expert in spiritual gifts, but the Bible is clear that gifts are given and that there are ways we can explore this about ourselves. We can learn more about ourselves. You know, for me, I might find out that I'm a teaching koala who looks best in blue, right? <laughs> I don't know, right? But but there are gifts. And, and if you want to grow, then that would be a great place to find out. Like what it could affirm some of those curiosities that you've had in your life. Like maybe it lines up with your spiritual gift. So some of the spiritual gifts are, um, okay, so some of the gifts that are listed are teaching, word of wisdom, prophecy, pastoring, mercy, leadership, hospitality, healing, intercession, giving, like 
oh my goodness, craftsmanship, so many gifts. And I think it would be really fun to know, fun to know what your gift is and, and how you can use it and how it lines up with who you are. Okay. So take the quiz, take the test, get to know yourself, be willing to face, face the truth about who you are. Right. All right. So that's number two, take the test. Number one, make space. Number three, number three, number three. Let me see. I'm finding it. Okay. Number three is do what you enjoy. Like that's so simple, but what gives you life? Literally what gives you life? Um, you know, just, I don't know if you struggle with this, but as an Enneagram three, which I was so briefly ago bragging on, now I'm telling you how it's detrimental to my life, but you know, I I just can get so lost so quickly. It's ridiculous. I do this all the stupid time. Like I'll be laser focused on what God has called me to, what I'm good at, what gives me life. And then what? I completely forget the agenda. I'm overwhelmed. I'm without direction. I feel lost. I'm like, God, what am I supposed to be doing? I don't know where I'm going. You know, like it's ridiculous. But what happens is I think I can float for a few days because remember that last one we were talking about abiding in the father. He gives direction. He gives clarity in his presence. I know who I am. I feel whole. Well, then I take a day or two off and I'm floating and I, binge on suits or get busy planning a birthday party or some other great thing that interferes with what actually gives me life. And I lose the spark, that sizzle, that clarity, it fades. And it's in its wake is self-doubt, confusion, overwhelm. And then I swing right back. I come right back around to where the voice is clear and I get back into what I'm you know, meant to be doing. And I read what I've already written and it reminds me, my own words (laughs) remind me that this is where I belong. This is where God speaks to me. This is my mission. It's exciting. It's clear. I need it every single day. I need to do what God has for me in my life. That is my worship every day. Because then in that place, I know how to share it. I know what to do with it. I'm able to use it to build up others and love others well. And, you know, that's going to be different for every person. For me, you know, I, I pour into my journal and I pour into writing and creating teachings, but that might not be your thing. And so I don't know exactly how to do it for you. That's for you to decide. But what is clear is that when God shows up and you use what you love, it's going to come, it's going to flow. And not to make this difficult, but it's not necessarily the thing that comes most naturally to you because I could plan a fun party all day, every day and would love it. But this other thing requires faith. It requires a leaning in and listening and getting quiet. And I don't know, maybe that speaks to you, but, um, to really do what I love and do what gives life. It requires, um, I guess it requires almost a sacrifice because it's not loud and it's not pretty and it's not fun necessarily all the time, but it is because it's what gives me life. And so it's what serves other people. And so 
I don't know, to find the thing you love, you just really are going to have to dig in. You've got to make that space. You have to get to know yourself, find what really brings you alive and love God well in that space. Right? So we have a friend, I have a friend, we have a friend, (laughs) we're all friends together who uses volleyball to love on people. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's really incredible. It is heaven on earth and it's fun. Should she feel guilty for that? No, absolutely no way. She's consistent. She's committed to it. And listen, I don't know what spiritual gift volleyball falls under, but I am sure it's there listed in the fine print. And there's no doubt that she's sharing love in that space week after week after week. And those weeks have turned into years. And those years have turned into genuine relationships and giving others a, a, like a true taste, a gift of who Jesus is. She shows up as heaven on earth in that sand every week. And I love her for that. And I love the model of, of what that represents of, of who Jesus is and his character. And so that's what I'm talking about. Like find what you love, find a way to serve and make it your own. And it doesn't have to look like anyone else, right? And so we can use our curiosities. We can use the things that, that we're interested in to, to worship God. And it's going to be so genuine. Second Timothy says to fan into flame the gift of God. Fan into flame. That feels like an active thing to me. Like that's something that's going to maybe start slow but has to warm up, Right? That fan, it gets going and you're trying to figure out which button to push. And well, you pull that thing and you're like, wait, is it fast? Is it slow? Is this fan even on? You pull that (laughs) string so many times because life is not just here it is. Here are your steps. One, two, three, let's do it. No, like sometimes it's slow and sometimes it's fast and you're fanning into flame the gift God has given you because you're trying things out. You're figuring it out. Do I love myself today? Because God says you must love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. Mark 12. Well, not greater than you love yourself. Yes, it says put others first, but it doesn't tell you to put yourself down in order to love others. That is a misconception and it's not true. It's a twist of what God is saying because we cannot give away what we do not give ourselves what we do not have ourselves. And we'll go right back to the beginning. If we need to call a friend to figure out how to do that, we'll pick up the phone, call the friend, make the invite. Let's make this happen because we can only give away what we have. Fan into flame, loving yourself. We'll just combo those verses together today. Fan into flame, loving yourself. Know yourself. Explore your ideas Go try something new. Take a dance class. Take a cooking class. Take an art class. Read a new book. Make a new friend, right? Fan into flame so that you can know yourself and love yourself. Because when you do that, it prepares a way for God to be present. And are you going to have weaknesses throughout that? Yes, you are. But his strength is made known in our weakness. And it takes our humanity to create new life. He takes, that's his magic. He takes what feels lost and broken and hard in our lives. And when we lay it out, 
He restores it. He breathes life into it. He makes it useful. And your story, your life is your worship. And so when you surrender it, he makes a way to use it for love, right? That's what grace is. That's what grace is. And our entire mission is to love others and give away grace. Well, what better way to do that with our own version, our own version, your version? So what? Do you want to let God use your brokenness? Do you want to make the most of what you have and use the time that you have to give it back to God and give it away to others? Well, then let's do these things. Let's make space. Let's explore ourselves. Take a test. Take a quiz. You know, I don't know. Find out what Disney princess you are and run with it. (laughs) But listen, um, there is so much life in you. There's so much life in you. And you can abide in God and let him pour fruit into who you are and have so much fun doing it. It's so exciting. It's so, so exciting. And I'm excited for you. So I want you to have fun this week being you. I want you to write that letter, call the friend, and let it flow.